0: in the improv and comedy as an innovator space. Um, you mentioned earlier that you guys would get together and, you know, generally on improv comedy, you start with a word and you kind of build off of that, right? And nobody's, nobody's prepared for it. It's just the creative mind being set loose. Talk to us about using that as a tool for innovators and people that are looking to create, you know, new ideas and new businesses.
1: Yeah, we, <clears throat> um, just as a quick show of hands, has anyone heard of the Lean Startup? or Reddit. Great, great. Um, So this is, we can essentially say the way we do improv is just like the way that the Lean Startup works. And for those of you who aren't aware of the Lean Startup, here's what it says. In short, um, it says, instead of building a company for 20 years in isolation and having no idea what our customers think, we should actually go out to customers develop in smaller cycles, um, and go through this build, measure, learn cycle. So first we build something, we have some idea, we build it, put it out into the world and we measure something with that, whether that's revenue, profitability, email signups, it can be anything. After we, we build something, we measure it. Then we learn what's working, what isn't working and continually iterate versus building in isolation. In improv, we do the exact same thing. um, And that's how improv relates to innovators. In improv, many people think that we go on stage and we start telling jokes. But here's the problem with going on stage and telling jokes. Jokes are incredibly difficult to write and we don't know what we're about to say. So what typically happens for beginning improvisers is that they go on stage, they tell a joke, and it doesn't land. When it doesn't land, two things happen. One, everyone knows that you tried to tell a joke. And second, everyone is deafened by the silence because no one is laughing and it's embarrassing. And improvisers like anyone else, we don't wanna be embarrassed. So we go through this build, measure, learn cycle. First, we build something. We start with some idea of what we think is funny. Um, it's not a built-out idea. It's like a half-baked idea that we just throw out. <clears throat> the good thing about improv comedy is that this measuring is built in because we have the perfect measuring system because we can hear their laughter immediately. We say something, if they laugh it at one part and not another part, we go through the build-measure-learn cycle and we learn that that art was pretty funny. So let's double down on that. Let's leave behind the things that aren't as funny. And through a conversation with the audience, we develop uh, this idea of a scene. And we're really co-creating with the audience. That's very similar to innovators because very often we're co-creating our companies, our startups with our customers. And it's the exact same thing. Everything I just said um, about our audience, our customers applies in startups where we want to continually go back, iterate with them, figure out what is their problem. For us, it could be they want laughter. <laughs> their problem is they don't find enough laughter in their life. They're coming to us and we are trying to solve that problem with this conversation. Um, but that's the that's one of the basis uh for how we use improv as a tool for innovators.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you touched on that, especially for building, you know, alongside or co-creating with your intended market or audience, uh, because so many times people get into business uh, and they start it the wrong way or the wrong voice or the wrong message, and instead of admitting it, and moving on, saying yes, and let's build on this and fix it. It's a no, but you were the wrong person. I'm going to the next one and the next one. And then they burn out. The company dies. The idea is, you know, is fizzled. It's, it's never sees light. And then on the other side of that coin is the rest of us watch that happen. We get a little fearful, right? And then ideas that should have come to light, should have come to reality are, uh, are hidden. They're, they're stifled or they don't ever they don't ever see the light of day, right? And I love that that's what you bring is this availability to create something that's just not only measurable with the audience. And measurable with your success as a business, but you have the ability to create these collaborative moments, these discoverable moments. There's nothing more frequent in the world than unrequited genius, right? Somebody that knows it all, but doesn't want to share it. Like nobody, no, nobody needs to be that person. There's no joy in that. And we're trying to create joy in community. We're trying to create joy in small business. We're trying to create experiences. And if you can see the actual joy, the laughter, the energy coming out of you know, co-creating a business and really getting feedback in a meaningful and playful way. I mean, that's that's the most exciting way that I could ever think about building a business. And so, I think there's so much power in what you do in training people to utilize improv as a tool for innovation, Nathan. I think there's just so much in that.
1: Yeah, and for example of of how we I apply that into my company, uh, because for me, my customers are all of the people that are in my workshops. Usually, we go into existing groups. But those groups, the the individuals in the groups rarely are paying us. But in the end, they are the users of our product, our workshops. And so we need to make sure they're really happy. So the way we use this conversation with the audience um, from improv into the company, Greenlight Improv, is at the end of every workshop, as long as the client is okay with it, we have a workshop or we have a survey. And that survey is very short. And essentially, it's to measure ROI of the workshop. We share that with the client. But by far, the most valuable question on the workshop is just one checkbox. And it says, free coffee? Can we take 15 minutes of your time? We'll buy you free coffee. Uh, And we just want to hear about your experience in the workshop. We'll also, you know, we can help in any other way that we can. But that's what it says. It says, do you want free coffee? And anytime someone checks the box, uh, we get to get coffee with our customers, uh, and and get to learn what they thought of the workshop, what stuck out, uh, what they remember, and it's an incredible way to consistently have this touch point with the customers and develop these relationships. Um, because even though I'm confident with our product, it's it's a product that will always evolve, and it needs to evolve in Cahoots with our customer, not just in my brain thinking this will work.
0: Yeah, those who are fearful of feedback probably are not going to be around for long, right? We're trying to we're trying to create iterations, longevity, and hopefully consistency in our business that's going to span generations. We're going to, we're going to build something that's meaningful and long lasting. And what you've talked about here is asking for feedback in real time, which is something I think a lot of us forget to do. I know I'm notoriously guilty of that. I will wait so that there's a buffer and I don't feel like I'm overwhelming people, but the experience is real when they're with you. They're like, right when the right one is done, that is when they are going to be the happiest. So why not get the feedback at that moment, especially if you're leading with contribution like what you do, super disarming, asking somebody for coffee, right? It's it's offering a free coffee to get their voice and that's meaningful. You're getting feedback and hopefully referrals and new clients out of this. And at the same time, you're doing what Amy said, you know, or or Tamara said here in the in the chat is you're co-creating the deep work. You're doing all of the deep, meaningful work of, building your business with your market and the feedback loop has got to be part of it. It's got to be part of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing that is helpful uh, is that when I have these coffee chats with our customers, the thing that is most interesting, of course I have a couple questions I ask everyone. um, But the thing that's most interesting is that when I ask my questions, they have time to ask their questions. And sometimes, they ask their questions I realize that's interesting I should touch on that in our workshops because I bet that's something that other people are wondering or huh there are two people that asked me the same thing (laughs) so early on I told I told one story that I thought was very helpful in helping people understand the theory of yes and I thought it was the best way to understand this and this was a long time ago (laughs) but I was getting coffee chats with people and I asked them what they thought of that story. And they were like, man, I did not understand that at all. <laughs> that made no sense. <laughs> and I, that was a big moment of realization um, where you say, no matter how much I love telling the story <laughs> and how much I think it's useful, clearly there's something wrong with it. <laughs> And it's just not worth it when there are other ways to explain these concepts.